Okay, let's rewind. The animated armor <laughs> isn't holding the long swords. It is riding it like a skateboard. Oh. All right. Okay. <laughs> One for each foot. The rug of, across the, the rug of smothering is tied like a cape on its back. <laughs> 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 Hey everybody and welcome back to Survival Check, your unofficial A to Z guide to the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition monster manual. My name is Zach and tonight I am your crazed artificer locked in his lab and as always along for the ride are the various living objects that I've programmed to be my friends. Tevis, Shane, and Anderson, how's it going nerds? As long as I get to be the rug. Ooh. Yeah, okay, I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> who I is the lamp. rug, who's the sword, and who's the armor here? I am lamp. I'm obviously the sword. Okay, I guess I'm obviously the armor. <laughs> All right, there we go. We got the rug, the armor done. Episode over. Uh, we'll see you guys next right. week. Okay. Okay. The rug, the rug of okay, the rug of smothering is pretty great. Um, but hello, welcome back. Uh, tonight we are doing animated objects. So. Kind of a big jump from Aboleth and Angels all the way, the way down big, to... Big jump backwards. Big I'm jump backwards. Gone. We are now talking lamps and talking so... Not even talking, they're just living lamps and stuff. Uh, no celestial beings, no Eldracores, just lamp. Hold on, um, let me let me roleplay my character real quick. Hold on. Yep. How'd I do? <laughs> You did pretty good, good. man. Uh, I don't think uh, I, I get this man an Oscar. Yeah, pretty damn good. <laughs> All right. So let's start off like we always start off. Uh, prior knowledge, thoughts on the monster, and has anyone ran them before? I've ran them a few times, but I'd love to throw them over to you guys first. Yeah, I've literally ran into uh, – well, this is Andy speaking, Anderson. I've run into every one of these three animated behemoths, these – Big bad evil guys, the world-ending calamities known as animated objects, and every single one of those fights has been so lackluster. Um, I would like to counter that and say yeah. you guys had one fight with this where one of your party members was murdered by one of these objects. I don't think I was there for that then. No, that uh, was the beginning. That was the beginning. It was the, the first what? session of Avernus. You guys were in the Elf Song Tavern, and you guys decided to get a little rowdy, specifically your total barbarian. Oh, you're right. So the animated armor bodyguard had to get involved and crack oh. him in half. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I guess. Talk about <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that being me involved in the fight <laughs> when the triggering condition was met by a party member who happened to get bodied by... Right, I mean that's fair. That was, that was yeah, that was just a, that was something else. But yeah, there was another time though, uh, like <laughs> when we when we first uh, um, like started playing, you mm -hmm. uh, had a room of animated armors that we you panicked us. There was there was real panic in all of our voices because oh, there was like. Wow. Seven or eight like animated armors against like six level twos, and uh, we couldn't roll like above an eighteen to hit this thing. What? Yeah, they yeah. walked into it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was then revealed after all the panic and um, uh, 
uh, chaos that it was meant to happen, that we were supposed to, you know, die and get knocked uh, out. Gotcha. Well, I think that yeah. room was, yeah, very deadly. Um, yeah. And you guys just kind of, I think you played with the armor at first. You, like, walked up to it and someone, like, was, yeah. like, jingling yeah. the arms around and stuff. That's totally yeah, not, like, when we first started playing. playing. Yeah, it was, yeah. like, the second session ever of Dungeons & Dragons I could have played. <laughs> Pro That's tip, great. don't just touch a random piece of armor in a ruin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, actually, I think on that note, though, there was a second encounter with animated armor in Avernus. Am I remembering yes. this correctly? In the dungeon oh. with the witch that, like, the fir- the, the dungeon of the, the dark breed. It didn't attack everyone else. Oh, in the Vanthapur's villa. That's actually different. That was a not, not in the Vanthapur villa, under the bathhouse. Yes. Oh, those were flying swords, and I think there was animated. Oh, armor I think there. I think it was reflavored to be gauntlets. I think they were flying. Gauntlets. Yes, it was. It was. They were flying swords reflavored to be gauntlets. Yeah. Which you are right. Which also also a cool fight. But again, that Avernus party just always <laughs> gets. Avernus is a tough just campaign. Beat down. So uh, I've the... a bunch of animated objects, but I don't think I've ever put one in a game myself. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I am a sucker for using them. That's why you guys had experiences of playing against them because I like them a lot. One of, the most, one of the most memorable animated armor encounters I personally had was I ran a, a one-two shot uh, for Curse of Strahd in the coveted Death House, mm. and there is an animated armor in there. And you're both you're all level ones, I think. You're level one or level two for this encounter, and wow. uh, it that was is... it was rough. That yeah. is actually one of the most famous. Like, if you do research on animated oh, armor, yeah. like animated armor, it is oh, notorious. Yeah. Like, it's like known as the Strahd animated armor because how brutal it can be. But uh, let's go and do the part one: the history of the monster. Let's talk about the history of these creatures and Dungeons and Dragons. So, let's. This is like a thing that we do every set, like every episode at this point. Um, so, Aarakocra, mid eighties. Aboliths, early 80s. Angels, late 70s. Where are you guys placing the first time these three creatures are seen in the Dungeons & Dragons universe? Yesterday. What did you say, Tavis? No the, the 30s. The Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a podcast, but Zach spit out his tea. <laughs> I did spit out my tea for the people who can't see. First edition. First book ever. First, okay, we got first edition. We got the thirties. Uh, I I remember what you said, so I'm gonna keep my opinion myself. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Know. So, let us get in our time machine. But this time, we only have to move the lever a little bit back because we're going to the year of 2014. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Off by yeah. like 80 years, but whatever. Yeah. So. Um, the animated objects, animated objects has a little bit longer history if we do that, but if we're talking about specifically the animated armor, the flying sword, and the rug of smothering, these are all 5th edition monsters. Hmm. They might have appeared in different flavor-wise or anything, or anything, but like, unlike the other creatures we've talked about in this podcast, is they don't have some like storied first adventure adventure, first adventure, wow, I can't speak first edition adventure where like you have to go into a house made of animated objects or anything like there's no notorious thing that brings up the specific animated objects this early um we don't even get constructs till later but i'm gonna leave all that information until we do like golems and stuff because i think that's more tied in um more interesting 
than, than yeah the constructs. <laughs> yeah, these guys they're kind of basic. Um, if we actually look at animated <laughs> objects and like turning objects and like weapons and armor into actual like somewhat living beings that can fight, we can actually go back to first edition. So we can go back to 1974. But they weren't monsters back then. It was actually a spell that you could use. Um, more specifically, an alteration spell, which uh D&D fun fact is transmutation wasn't always called transmutation magic in Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, the first few editions, it was called alteration magic. Hmm. But as we go forward to third edition um, and second edition, still the only way you really get these animated objects is through the spell animated object, which I mean, the spell is named after the monsters. Okay. The monsters, are, or is it the other way? I don't know. Um, <laughs> is it the chicken or the egg, you know? Is it the mechanical chicken or the mechanical egg? But, so, which even, like, six-level spells, even back then, were pretty high-level spells. And even in 5th edition, Animate Object is a 5th-level spell. It's not a 6th-level. They brought it down one. So 5th-level spells, even though that's kind of, like, mid-tier wizard, a higher mid-tier wizard. Um, and it's kind of still kind of, like, a lackluster spell. Because what is Polymorph 4th-level or something or fifth level? Uh, I think it's what uh, you get it at player level eight for a druid. So that's what fourth level. Yeah, that may be fourth or fifth level, which I just think polymorph you're more likely to use than animate objects and anime. Like it's a cool flavor, but <clears throat> that's about like where we get it. Fourth uh, level. That's fourth level. Okay, yeah. so like I've never actually seen anyone use animate objects within a game I've run no. or played. Just because it's it's like I mean everyone wants Not to be Mickey it. Mouse in Fantasia making all the brooms to the do 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 but like it's not practical. Um, everybody but, wants that. I mean everyone wants it, right? <laughs> that right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but okay, so like I said, you don't get these as monsters. Uh, first edition, second edition, third edition, but we actually see them as monsters or form of them as monsters in three point five. Um, which is, for those who don't know, it goes 1st edition, 2nd edition, 3rd edition, 3.5 edition, 4th edition, 5th edition. Um, there was just a lot of controversy around 3rd edition, and they like wanted to change up combat and stuff. And 3.5 actually veers off when 4th edition comes out and becomes Pathfinder, like the same people who developed 3.5 mm -hmm. turns into Pathfinder. So I think that's important to note because how the animated objects are handled in this monster manual in 3.5. So Pathfinder, for those who have not played, um, from my experience, has always been more crunchy. Uh, it's a lot more open sourced. You have a lot more choices. It's a little more crunchy, though. There's, like, rules for everything. And you see that in the animated objects of 3.5. So unlike 5th edition, um, instead of giving us three monsters like animated armor, flying sword, and rug of smothering, instead we get a category just called animated objects. And through there, you get tiny through colossus each of them having a stat block each of these stat blocks too had like various plug and play so let's say you wanted an animated house because you could do that because they had a stat block for colossus side and sized animated objects it would give you different speeds if it had like four legs no legs wheels it would give you different types of damage types for the different types of object you are uh the hit points would relatively stay the same but it was a really interesting way of letting you kind of animate objects, whatever you want, and kind of have a stat block ready to plug and play. And this is the edition where I'm say where I think is 
a much better way than they did in five fifth edition. I understand what they did in fifth edition. They wanted to streamline it, streamline mm-hmm. it more. But I like the idea of 3.5 being able to have these generic stat blocks for animated objects and able to take what you need and plug and play. Uh, and I even like even in the stat blocks for 3.5, like there's even wheels. So it's like if you have a tiny object with like four legs, you go this fast, but like you can add wheels to your animated objects. So I'm just picturing like animated house wheels just going slowly down a gentle slope at your party. Um, I don't know why, but I want to do that. <laughs> but other than that, 3.5, fourth edition, I don't even think they make an appearance in fourth edition. At least I couldn't find anything. Um, construct as like a monster type didn't really come into come into until five e. It was like always thrown around, but like the construct type, which all these animated mm-hmm. objects are, weren't even really a thing. So these three monsters are very fifth edition. When did five um, e come out? What year? Two thousand fourteen. Okay. Um, it might have come out a little bit earlier, but two thousand fourteen is like Monster Manual, which I mean, I guess they would all have come out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so six years ago. Wow. But, yeah, I know. Are they, is there any word about them making a new edition? Because like this is pretty popular. The fifth it edition. It is. One. I think they'll probably go the route that they did with like second and third edition, where they're going to just keep throwing source books at us. Mm, because okay. I mean, like you said, fifth edition is the most popular Dungeons and Dragons has ever been. They're all yeah. well, They're incredibly profitable right now. I don't think with all this steam they're getting that they're going to like switch up the system and because yeah. everyone knows that's what I was they're thinking. Throwing out, they're throwing out a new book every two to three months, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they got, yeah. So they got the cycle. Like we have Tasha's coming out soon. That's pretty much going to be like Xanathar's do with more yeah, spells. Yeah, I'm pumped for that one. Okay. Um, super yeah. stoked. I like that. Xanathar's. The alternate art is awesome. I know. I'm waiting for that to go. It's always awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Pharaoh's <laughs> was pretty disappointing. Um, so yeah, which I, yeah, I don't think sixth edition we're going to get for a very long time. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's fine. 5e, like I said, is very popular. I don't think they're going to do anything. And I mean, honestly, I would love to see like spell jammer and all that stuff come to fifth edition. Um, there's some cool stuff they could bring back from the past, but yeah, for us, this podcast has like a three year timeline. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but so listener dear listener usually right now i'd still be ranting on about the history of these monsters but yeah. that's it we're done <laughs> we're done with the history um so like i said 2014 these guys are these three monsters are 5e native monsters i guess is a good way to put it there was spells that could bring animated objects to life but they didn't have stat blocks they came out in 3.5 with like generic tags you can put on animated objects but other than that Animated armor, flying sword, rugged smothering, new stuff. So let's cover th- what they are in 5th edition. So let's actually, for as being as kind of like generic monsters as they are, I think the animated armor flavor text might be some of my favorite flavor text in the book. So okay. I'm going to read it. So it's this is on uh, page 19 of the monster manual. It lists all canon. three flavor texts. Yes, this is canon. This is how I'm reading this is how fifth edition has it. And I think that's important to note. Thank you, Anderson, because there's some wording in it that kind of makes you give gives you a little bit more freedom. So this is animated armor. The empty 
This empty st steel shell clamors as it moves, heavy plates banging and grinding against one another like the vengeful spirit of a fallen knight. Ponderous but persistent, this magical guardian is almost always a suit of plate of armor. And I want to really note, almost always. So it doesn't always have to be a suit of armor. I mean, most of the time it will be, but they use that vague terms so that you can like flavor text it, which is a little bit of 3.5. I wish they would have done a little bit more than that. Um, to add on to that, this is the second paragraph. To add to its menace, animated armor is frequently enchanted with scripted speech, so the armor can utter warnings, demand passwords, or deliver, deliver riddles. Rare suits of animated armor are able to carry on an actual conversation. Which huh. I think... Yeah. Fuck. Right? I like that a lot. I mean, my favorite sentence is, heavy plates banging and grinding against one another, like the vengeful spirit of a fallen knight. That is some cool flavor text. Mm -hmm. um but yeah so it kind of gives you some already like built-in adventures or invent built-in social encounters you can do with animated armor like you can enchant it with script you can give it riddles which i love animate i love animated armor yeah, that does riddles as well. um that's what i'm grabbing onto right there yeah and then if you go forward with flying sword and rugged smothering i'm not gonna read their paragraphs but um, they also kind of have this vagueness that alludes to 3.5. So in Flying Swords, it said, Swords are the most common weapons animated with magic, but axes, clubs, daggers, maces, spears, and even self-loading crossbows are also known to exist in animated object form. So again, it's like, hey, here's the stat block for the animated sword, but you can flavor it as all these Make it things. your own. Yeah. Which, I mean... The crossbow thing is a cool idea, but it would, you'd have to change a little bit more in uh, the stat block. And then Rug of Smothering is really kind of the only one that doesn't like give you that much option because it is a rug. Um, it says you could be like be like a fake flying carpet, though. And yeah. Could you imagine giving your party a flying carpet, but it's actually just a rug of smothering? So and it's just like... It's super magically enhanced by some evil wizard, and as it triggers at 30 feet above ground level, where it just wraps up and grabs whoever and falls. <laughs> wow, actually, I like that a lot. That would be like a super advanced. That would. Oh, man, he gives one to each party member. <laughs> yeah, oh. that would be good. Um, another thing to note about the 5e lore of these is that they are cons constructs, so I said these are somewhat newer monster types, um, but be with them being constructed nature um they don't sleep eat drink or require air so i mean they're animated objects but along with that there is this caveat to the animated objects that says the magic that animates the ob an object is dispelled when the construct drops to zero hit points an animated object reduced to zero hit points becomes inanimate and is too damaged to be mu much of use or value to anyone i think it's interesting that they add or value to anyone. So it's almost like saying if you beat it up, it's busted. No, yeah, there's, yeah. It's, there's no moral quandary there. Exactly. And yeah, I think I, I was listening to, oh my God, I can't remember who. Uh, oh, I was actually, I wasn't listening to anything. I was reading from a book called The Monsters Know What They're Doing, which is a super cool book by Keith Amon. I think I might have referenced them in the podcast before. Mm -hmm. It is a big tome of all the different monsters in the Monster Manual and how different ideas how to run them. And in the book, he says that like you, it's really good to throw these animated objects at your party if you want a fight where there's no moral quandaries because 
they're lifeless machines that are here to kill you. You got some murder hobos? Throw them a rug. Throw them some murder swords. <laughs> Hobo rug. Yeah. So, with that being said, uh, real world origins is what we always type try to touch on here. I wish I could tell you like when the first time like animated objects were shown in real world history. Actually, if anyone's listening in the future, the past, the present, if you're a time traveler, also let me know. <laughs> but let me know in the, yes, <laughs> show me your ways first. But let me know in the comments if anyone knows when the first like stories or folklores or myths happened where objects were actually like given life because i'm very interested in that like how that myth came along and i just couldn't find anything on it other than um the idea of pareidolia which i are you guys familiar with that not at all um so pareidolia is you know like always those pictures that get posted online of like a garbage can but it has like two little circles and stuff and looks like it has a face or like when phenomenon of like us finding faces or like putting yes yes exactly okay Cool. It's, yeah. um, it's the idea of that, like, if we look at inanimate objects that, uh, as human beings, we want to, like, see faces and stuff because that's what, how we have evolved is to, like, make sure that we can see everything and kind of understand what's going on, process our surroundings. So sometimes we'll have this thing called pareidolia where we will see objects that aren't living, but we will put living features on them and that mm-hmm. pops up through history, so that there might be like a connection there. But that again, that's well, me just like pulling out ropes. That makes sense because that's that's a trait that we have developed for survival. Um, yeah, as we use that feature to identify predators' faces as they're stalking us in bushes, shrubs, whatever it is, back in the yeah. wild, way, way, way back in the day, and it was to help us find these things. And the traits just carried on for so long. Then if you look at the front of a beetle, like the car, like you're just like, man, that car is so freaking happy. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. You know, but that same trait can also save you from a freaking mountain lion in the woods. So. Right. So that's where that's where my <laughs> guess is that like where all these stories that come from, like living inanimate objects come from. But again, if anyone does know like the beginning myth or has like done any research, let me know because I'm really interested. You ever seen um, that? hieroglyph of the guy like with his hands in the air and there's a triangle above his head yeah there you go (laughs) i'm not saying aliens but aliens (laughs) um uh, the other real world origins is disney (laughs) that's what i got like yeah (laughs) like we have la belle beauty of the beast beauty and the beast i mean that's the first time we've ever experienced Singing. Yeah, I feel like this has to be an older film example. Yeah, I mean, Beauty and the Beast was like a like was actually well, a story from yeah. back in the day. So right, yeah, it's a it was a French story from the 1700s, 1700s. Um, right, so you know, they at least go back to the 1700s. Exactly, it would go back to like ancient Egypt. Yeah, I feel like it goes way back, like early origins, mm-hmm. because I mean, there is a Japanese spirit that I can't remember the name of, and even if I did, I would not an try onigiri. to pronounce it. What an onigiri. It might be. There's a lot of Japanese spirits that like actually take the form of uh, living objects, but there's one in particular that starts with a T that I do not know how to say, and I don't remember what it's called, but that also comes from like a very long time ago that like the spirits used to take over um, and like inhabit like dolls and stuff, which I didn't even think about dolls, but dolls. Living oh, dolls are creepy. <laughs> um, and then Mickey Mouse and Fantasia. I brought that up earlier, but that was like my favorite movie as a kid. So like the 
Mickey Mouse doing the thing, and then he kept cutting the brooms, and then the more the brooms would come, and they would walk and stuff. And don't give me that face. <laughs> Sukumogami? Yes, 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 yes. Um, the power of Google. <laughs> Google, yes. <laughs> the ultimate divination machine. But yeah, so... Um, it pops up, so I mean, and everyone who's listening to this, or you ask anyone about like living objects, they probably can like point you to ten different things. Where it's like, oh, the brave little toaster, or <laughs> Beauty and the Beast, uh, Wally, Wally, yeah, that's not an animated object. That's science, brother. It's different. <laughs> hey, man, what? it's an animated object. He's yeah. a machine. Dude. I mean, aren't we all? Oh, whoa, man. Whoa, <laughs> man. We're all in the Matrix. <laughs> we're all plugged I mean, in, man. I think we're going to get into this debate later, but I was going to bring up the idea, like, are androids animated objects? But um, I wouldn't say that. If you're going to throw out a no, why not? <laughs> we'll get into it later. Get into we'll it get later. Into it later. <laughs> um, all right. This podcast is going to be four hours long. <laughs> the last three hours is just debate about whether or not androids are <laughs> animated objects. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's go to the monster stat block. Monsters stat block, not monster monsters. Um, this is the second part of our show for those are new who are new to. Wow, words are hard tonight. Um, okay, they're hard every day. They're just hard. Yeah. I'm an I'm an animated armor, and whoever wrote all my script is just cursive and just scribbles. Uh, um, but part two, monster stat monsters stat blocks. Let's look at them. Let's talk about them. What is your guys' first impressions of these three monsters? I guess we can start with animated armor. Anything? anything they don't speak common. Um, <laughs> they don't speak. They don't speak. Oh, that that's not true. The flavor text says that they can well, the, do the animated yeah. armor, right? Yeah, we're, we're talking animated armor. Yeah. yeah, so in the stat block, it says languages. It just has a dash. But in the flavor text, yeah, you know, the great language dash. Um, in the flavor text, it says that um, whoever created them or, like, can write scripted speech to it and rare suits of animated armor are able to ca- carry on actual conversations. So your animated armor could speak common, gnomish, goblin, dwarvish, abyssal, yeah. mm-hmm. abyssal. Um they have so many immunities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Yeah, condition immunities, yeah. Goodness. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. you can't be uh, you know, deafened or blinded if you can't see or hear. I I I mean they make they all make sense. It's just there's just so many. <laughs> right. So blind, charm, deaf, and exhaustion, frightened, paralyzed, paralyzed. And they have two damage Jesus. immunities with poison. What it doesn't say it's immune to though is the fear it says condition. Frightened. Frightened. Yeah. yeah. Does it? <laughs> I'm dumb. Leave that. But it, no, you're I literally right, just read that. I was like, fear, fear, feared. <laughs> yeah, I'm not using frightened. I'm using the I'm fear get spell. Feared. Um. Yes, but yeah. So blinded, charmed, definitely like pretty much every <laughs> every condition almost. They're like can't be put in, which makes sense. They're like. Li- they're living armor. They're like you can't charm something. Oh god, that's another debate. Can you charm something that? They're yeah, not living armor. Um, it doesn't have. But... All right, we're starting another podcast. <laughs> Philosophical debates of monsters <laughs> at five e. Um, 
so uh so yeah so they're immune to poison and psychic which those aren't like the things that pop up the most in combat but it's still pretty big especially if your rogue is depending on poison um but i think the thing that is interesting about these creatures as they have blindsight and this is the first time blindsight is popping up in the monster manual so for those who don't know about what blindsight is and i should specify this is blindsight 60 feet but it is blind beyond that radius blindsight is almost kind of how i've always thought of it is like magical sonar like they don't have to see they don't have eyes they don't have vision they just kind of sense in a 60 foot area around them what's there vibrations man yeah vibrations yeah you ever watch Avatar oh, The Last yeah. Airbender? Think talk. Yes. So, and I should we should say these are, they have a passive perception of six, too, which is... That's good. Better than me when I roll. <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> and they also are CR1, so they're low. They have an armor class of 18, which is pretty beefy for CR1. Um, they have a decent amount of oh, hit yeah. points at 33 for your low CR monster. And they have a speed of 25. So they, you know, slowly meander at you um, in combat um, mm-hmm. along with. Yep. I, I will say, though, that the 18 AC is nothing to shake yeah. a stick at. Oh. Like I mentioned back in the Eric Roker episode, um, if if a person knows how like what they're doing to make a character, they should have a plus four modifier or like five, you know, like on average, if they're using point by or. Uh, just like the standard array. Um, so if you think about an average roll, right? So you have a four to five modifier. That means you need to have at least a 13 mm-hmm. minimum to hit them, maybe 14. That's a 30, that's a 25 to 30% yeah. hit rate. Like, that crazy. is hard to hit. I, I think I remember levels. that like the gauntlets and Avernus, when you guys were fighting them, they had a, you guys had troubles hitting them. I think you guys had to use some AOE spells, if I'm remembering correctly, to take them out. I bet I, I can remember. Know. And I mean, Snappy got beat up by him. Um, along with that, we have two things that I'm... Let me double check. Let me flip the page so I can actually say this with confidence. Uh, it has two things that all three of these animated armor have. I mean, an- animated objects have. That is anti- anti-magic... Oh, God. I'm going to mess up that word. Yeah, thank you. Um, so that means the armor is incapacitated while it is in the area of an anti-magic field, which is your party is not going to be able to do that much. I it is a seventh or eighth level spell, so it is a pretty high level spell. So it's eighth, an eighth level spell. Eighth so level. these are CR one. You're probably not going to be fighting. Your party's not going to be fighting these unless there's like a lot of them or anything like that, like like high level. Because if you have eighth level spells, you're pretty you're a high level party. Um, but you can mm-hmm. dispel magic it. So that is a second level spell. So you. Where is it? Yeah, it says if targeted by dispel magic, the armor must succeed on a con saving throw against the caster's spell save DC. Or fall uh, unconscious for one minute. So, just one minute. Just one minute. Yeah, it's not, not like anti magic field, which just kind of like keeps it dead. Just think um, But you can yeah, dispel magic, which I think is pretty neat because usually your characters mm-hmm. who are taking dispel magic, it doesn't really get brought up that often. Definitely not as often as counter spell. So it is like a good support mm-hmm. spell that you can actually like use in this fight pretty well. So it like gives your 
maybe supportish bards and wizards a little bit more like use like makes them feel more useful in a fight um they also have false appearance yeah. which all three of the animated objects have which says when this monster remains motionless it is indistinguishable from normal a normal suit of armor so which that can be taken in a different way so like i mean i guess it's straight up like what i'm reading this if you're doing rules as written it kind of tells me like your party would have to look very hard to notice it as an animated armor if it is not moving. because yeah like really high because it says i mean i i wouldn't even no, say you would I, be able the, to only, the yeah. only way i think you would be able to is like if you were searching really good got a really high investigation check and maybe like saw in the inside of the armor there was like a rune etched like mm. i wouldn't say it's like moving or anything but i would say that possibly you would, or like an Arcana check, your party would be able to see like the magical makings of the armor. But other than that, I I would say like if I was running a campaign with, or if I was running an encounter with this, I would definitely make it where if they don't ask for an Arcana check of some sort, or ask to see if it's magically induced, I yeah, wouldn't let them find I, it. Yeah. I would say they'd really have to be searching the armor, which, I mean, most parties I don't think are going to be like, I mm-hmm. want to search every inch of this armor. So it's going to be pretty damn mm-hmm. hard to find out, which is kind of terrifying. You're going through a haunted house, and, like, you're not going to take time to look at every single armor piece to see if it's going to kill you or not. So, like, it's kind of... Depending on what you've yeah. thrown at them before, they might just check every single mm-hmm. little thing. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, these guys got the same feel as yeah. a mimic, right? If you get hit by two, like, like two of these in a campaign, you are going to stab every piece of mounted armor on that the wall true. that you run by just to double check. Like, are you animated? Hacker! And just to just like, you're going to tilt your players. <laughs> that is, scar. yeah, absolutely. Which is always fun. Um, and then we go to its actions and it has multi-attack, two melee attacks, um, a slam attack. Does 1d6 plus 2 bludgeoning, plus 4 to hit. Um, which, I mean, low levels, like, Avernus throws an animated armor. I mean, the animated armor isn't part of that fight unless your party really makes it part of that fight, which the party I'm running made it part of that fight because they attacked the bartender. Well, one person in the party attacked the bartender, <laughs> which brought the animated armor alive, but the animated armor, like, double slammed and pretty much just let the turtle bleed out. So it can... Pretty much. Uh, that was a fun fight. The Elf Song, for those who have run Avernus, you know the Elf Song Tavern fight is always it's, it's a tough. It's fun, but tough. Um, yeah. Um, anything else about the animated armor that you guys see that is pretty impressive? Impressive? No. That or not impressive. The one int score is pretty impressive. <laughs> I was going to bring that up at the end of it because every animated object has an yeah. int of yep. one. <laughs> yeah. So I love it. Yeah, I think we talked about that at the end. That's a good idea. Uh, let's go to flying, like the end of this part. Uh, let's go to flying sword. Uh, again, pretty much immune to all the conditions. Uh, has blind sight. It has one higher passive perception at seven. Um, the flying sword Ooh. for a quarter challenge, a one fourth challenge monster. Has an armor class of 17, which is high. Like, we were talking about a challenge mm-hmm. rating one monster having 18 and being pretty damn impressive. This thing is 17. 50 flies. Nope. There we are. Whoa. It is hover, it so is it's hover, not going to be like flying not, in the air, but still, that's, that's a speedy. That's a speedy sword. 
or weapon, whatever you choose it mm-hmm. to be. But um, and it it can't. Yeah. Hold on, wait. Let me do math before yep. I say this. It can hit harder than the animated armor too. One d eight plus one. Yeah. It well, it, it is a sword. <laughs> That's true. fair. If if you it put is, two animated is or flying swords in an animated armor, like in its hands, will the animated armor be able to hover? <laughs> I don't think so. No, because animated armor is probably heavy. <laughs> but I don't that, know. I like that idea. It, I, it played armor at sixty okay, pounds. Let's rewind. The animated armor <laughs> isn't holding the long swords; it is riding it like a skateboard. Oh, all oh, right, okay. Uh, one for each foot. The, rug of, across the, the rug of smothering is tied like a cape on its back. Exactly. The ultimate animated object. Combine all three. Um, but yeah, again, high That's AC, nice. pretty fast. Uh, blind sight yep. and anti magic. Same yeah, immunities. false appearance. So the sword could just be laying there, and you'd be like, "Oh, cool sword." Um, yeah. Same false appearance and anti-magic yep. susceptibility. Uh, so then we jump over to the last animated object, which is the most fun of the animated objects, which is your rug of smothering. Um, same damage immunities, same condition immunities. Blind sight still. Um, you have the two traits that the other two have, um, but. It has one trait that I don't... Maybe the oozes do and slimes have, but I don't know any other monster in the monster manual has, and that is damage transfer. So while your rug of smothering is doing what it does best, smothering your party member, um, it says while grappling a creature, the rug takes only half the damage dealt to it, and the creature grappled by the rug takes the other half. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, it it forcibly warding bonds. These are deadly creatures, monsters, things, rugs, Mm -hmm. rugs. Um, and and the wise words of the unfortunately deceased Robin Williams. I can't believe it. I'm losing to a rug. (laughs) So true. Um. So yeah, that's fun. That's cool. Like your bard gets wrapped up by a carpet, and your barbarian is trying to get him free, just taking like a great club and just bashing the rug. But your bard's in the center of it, just getting smashed. Also, <laughs> I could just imagine a barbarian just jumping into it, like uh, willingly getting wrapped and just like, yeah. Hit me! <laughs> um, along with that, it has uh, smother as its action. So, um, uh, it rolls the hit. And I don't think it does <clears throat> damage with Smother. Um, it grapples it first, and then it says, until the grapple... It's yeah, like, it well, like, the first hit doesn't do damage. I don't believe. Uh, so it says, yeah, yeah, until yeah, yeah, the grapple yeah. ends, the target is restrained, blinded, and at risk of suffocating, which is My three... God. Yeah. And it says, and the rug can't smother another target. In addition, at the start of the turn, each of the target's turns, the target takes 2d6 plus 3 bludgeoning damage. Um, and this is challenge rating too, which that can be a deadly encounter. Um, oh yeah, it yeah. has ten movement Absolutely. speed. I like to imagine the rug of smothering either walks like it has legs, like an Aladdin, or it like slithers like a snake. Um, but it has armor <laughs> class of twelve, which is low, but it's also low. <laughs> I think is 
it's like a double-edged sword being low. It's intentional. It's intentional. Oh, yeah, because you want to hit it, you know, and then if you hit it, it, it hurts. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. If it's smothering, so it's like low. It's, it's, it, yeah. it has an average hit point of 33. That's mm-hmm. its health pool. But the form, and some, something to note here is that the formula for a rug of smothering's hit points is 6d10. You have a chance of rolling a rug of smothering with 60 hit points. One BP rug. If they grab onto something, that comes into an immediate 120. Yeah, I was going to say, you kind of have to treat it like it's a barbarian pool. in rage. It's like you're having the damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that also means that uh, your players are also taking like 120 points worth of damage if yeah, it's done right. Which is right? going to CR2 is going to kill it's like, pretty much it's... anyone in your party. Pretty much <laughs> it, I mean, but it's just it's just a rug, you know, you can break out of the smothering. It's like a what DC thirteen strength check? Yeah, it's not 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 super challenging to get, get out like of bard. but like just like theoretically, you know. Like if you make like an animated rug out of like a polar bear skin or like a tiger skin, you could just and in- intentionally give it a max roll of sixty. Yeah. So you could definitely beef it. Which would be beef fun. it up. Um Yeah, I didn't even notice that. That's a good point. Like the hit points you can roll for it. You can have a really beefy rug. So, um, with all the setbacks, mm-hmm. let's talk about you, what you, Tevis, and Anderson pointed out is it's low int, wisdom, and charisma. Which, I mean, makes absolute sense why those are so low. Oh, no. A good rug has some charisma. I prefer you to call me. I mean, fair. I prefer you to call me by my character yeah, I'm rolling tonight. The rug of smothering. All right. So, the rug and Tevis. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excuse me. I'm the animated armor. <laughs> you can just call me Shane. Shane. <laughs> You're kidding. You can call me Tevis. Uh, I, he's the only weird one. I will have to say, like, I think right. these are low stats only for flavor wise. They don't affect anything with a creature. Because, like, normally you see low int, wisdom, and charisma, and you're like, oh, they're going to be charmed. Eh, can't do that. Or they're going to get frightened. Can't do that either. Like, and I guess it helps you play with them. Like I said, they're kind of like angels, no morality, kind of just running straight and killing. Or body. They might not even kill. Like, maybe uh-huh. you have a nice wizard and it's just like beat you up. But um, like I don't think they're low stats there, and I could totally be wrong. Are like a detriment to them in fighting. Like you can't manipulate so. that. You can't like normally if there's low stuff in stat blocks, you can manipulate as a player. But like the only thing that I would like maybe argue is if you had a way to reduce its int or its mm. charisma. Because if something has an intelligence uh, or any stat of zero, they die. That is a very good point. Yes, so if you do have a way of reducing it, that is a very good point. You're only Mm -hmm. one point away. Which, But, you know, in early levels, like, is there really a way to do that? I don't think so, unless it's homebrewed, because I think all those spells are much higher. Yeah. Um, All right. Mm -hmm. Does anyone have anything else to say about their stat blocks before we move on to part three of the podcast? All right, so... Nothing about snap blocks. Okay. Um, let's do part three. So part three is the part of the podcast where we talk about how we would use these objects in our own games, how you can use them in your games. Uh, we do this by breaking it up into social exploration and combat. So let's talk social. How would you guys use the rug of smothering, the flying sword, or the, we'll just say flying weapon, 
or animated armor as a social encounter? So not combat, not exploration. How would you use them as social? I guess you could use the animated armor like um, the invisible butler spell. Unseen servant. You know, someone could have a, a house. Uh, yeah, thank you. Unseen <laughs> servant. Um, to, you know, like a, a grand wizard or like a wizard tower could have like animated armor on every floor just doing the meaningless For physical sure. activities. Yeah, absolutely. There could be like uh, at a tavern, your party is like relaxing after a big fight and all of a sudden a bard goes on. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's say there's a bunch of like weapons and armor, you know, stands around the whole tavern. And then as soon as he starts singing, they all start dancing. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and then the Ooh. the swords start cutting people's meats and cheese, you know. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. That's um, about So, something I've been thinking of is for the rug of smothering. Okay. Uh, you get some some kind of magic area, right? Whether it be like a small town, a cityscape, a wizard tower, whatever it is, but it's got to be like a fairly large area. Um, and it's lavish, right? Like very uh, luxurious, high cost, the finer Fancy. things of life. And if you enter this area, you can rent a flying carpet for just for just the city, just the city. Pay like a gold coin, have it for a day, right? Just drop it off in the next morning. Um, you're flying around. And it's just a magic carpet. You do what you got to do. But if you decide to leave with it <laughs> mid-flight. It turns, it triggers some kind of ability if it passes a threshold and it wraps onto you I like mid flight. That. I like that a and lot. And drops and pummels. And if you hit the floor, you're taking half of the rug's damage and yeah. your damage. I, I, like, I like that a lot. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's suplexing you into the floor. If you try I to steal like that. I like that idea of like anti theft rug of smothering. <laughs> yeah. that, that's good. Um, yeah. I like that. Uh, like the idea of uh, putting all three of them together, like you guys had mentioned, but not as like a Voltron or anything. Okay. Um, and having like the armor be like a guard dog sort of, and I, I'm a sucker for riddles, so maybe he holds a shield in front of him, and like etched in the shield is a is a pretty challenging riddle, and you guys have to walk down this really lavish hallway, down some nice rugs, past some like other armor stands and like weapon stands hanging on the walls that doesn't seem too sus but then you get the riddle wrong and they all trigger at the same time yeah Ooh. absolutely <laughs> so my thought on it is um I, I i have this idea for like how an adventure could start so let's say the party is um at a tavern and they begin to hear a ruckus outside and it's maybe like a small town and everyone goes outside and like walking in from the front gate is this very damaged animated armor like it looks beat up it has dents in it. it looks almost like it's charred and it's slowly like walking almost like kind of like the robots in terminator when they get destroyed and kind of like glitching out as it's walking um uh -huh. but as it gets there people start questioning it but because it's only a script it like answers riddles and stuff and like the party has to figure out like what these riddles are and like eventually it could like lead the animated armor was sent by a wizard who was maybe like taken over by like a hobgoblin tribe or something but um it's kind of like a social encounter and like trying to uncover the mysteries of how this animated armor got damaged or like what it came yeah. with um i think that would be cool cool way of using animated armor and you could even do that like in ruins like maybe you find an animated armor that maybe was there long ago like hundreds of years ago when a wizard was there 
and maybe the animated armor isn't like fully powered but like it can speak in scripts or even maybe one of the animated armor that can like help um i mean can hold a conversation so maybe the party has to like help the animated armor get the rest of its magic so it can find out what happened in the ruins kind of using it as like a guide oh um sword that acts like a needle on a compass like if your yeah your loot goblin picks it up off a table and like oh sweet sword and then all the time it's trying to get to its goal which is probably wherever the wizard or whomever wants yeah. it's just like yanking them around with its 50 fly speed <laughs> yeah. oh, imagine a hovering goblin just hanging on to a flying sword <laughs> Yes, um, <laughs> that would be hilarious. All right, I got another scenario for you guys. So you, the party is in a large city. They maybe go through a market, and there's a halfling selling a bunch of weapons. Uh, the party is excited. These weapons are pretty not expensive. They're cheap. You can get like a good swords and stuff. But as the party sleeps in the tavern tonight, all the weapons animate and return back to the halfling who's already left the town with the party's money. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's I, I, good. like I said. I love the animated objects. I think there's so much fun you can have with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Does anyone um have anything else on social? Or, or go ahead if you do. I'm. Uh, I have no okay. not for social. So let's go to exploration. What kind of landscapes could you find these monsters? What kind of dungeons, bases? What type of area would you be able to find them? Like I said, castle hallway. Like yeah, if you're investigating Absolutely. like basically any type of castle scenario, whether it's like super lavish and bougie or super run down and dungeony, or if it's a wizard tower or a king's tower, like you could just have super ornate rugs and nice armor or old shitty armor mm-hmm. and busted up rugs, but they all function the same. I really like what Anderson said about like the uh, animal themed rugs, just maxing out the health of like a polar bear or like a bear, so yeah. a tiger rug that just pops off and you could reflavor like uh, some animated armor as like, I don't know, like animal themed things. Maybe you're at like a hunter's palace or something. And he's got I like that. Or, or like uh, a tapestry could be like a rug of smothering, you know? I was thinking yeah, like, yeah. Uh, instead of a sword, you would use like the antlers of a deer. Ooh, yeah. And it oh, would hell yeah. gore people with its 50 fly speed. Oh, that's sick. I like that, that a lot. That would be sweet. Just the flying deer head. <laughs> These are coming after you. There's deer heads flying around, a tiger cart. So... <laughs> What what are your thoughts of ma- uh, reflavoring the rug of smothering into those like cords of beads you see in stereotypical Ooh, hippies' okay. houses? And well, I didn't even think of that. And you just walk through, and they all just tangle yeah, and wrap around you. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there's so many different ways you can like reflavor it that's, you know, based on the context. They they yeah. belong anywhere, really. Right, and that's why I'm kind of yeah. like I said, I like the 3.5 edition better. Like it doesn't give you yeah. like the rug of smothering ability to smother and stuff, but it gave you a little bit more like able to like customize these things. But uh, I mean, I still like what we got. We still have like mm-hmm. animated armor, and you have your flying weapons and stuff. Um, for location, I'm a sucker for Scooby Doo. So yeah. the party walks. Okay. Up, the party goes to a mansion. Lightning flashes. They go inside. Scooby and Shaggy are walking off. The rug slowly moves. They turn around. <laughs> Boom. You also have animated armor that slowly moves, paintings that maybe wink at your party. Um, 
Like, you can have so much fun. Can you imagine them? Can you imagine them Captain Army? Like, let's see who this monster really is. Removes the helmet and it's just empty. Um, Ooh, have a murder mystery adventure and have someone die early. And at the end, you find out it's the house. Exactly, yes, it's the house. Would Monster House be an animated object or a really big mimic? Yeah. Yes. I like the idea it's a normal house, and in the basement is a Wizard of Oz style gnome that's just like hanging <laughs> away, a gnome. controlling a bunch of like random animated objects, tormenting yes. the kids that come to investigate the spooky house on the oh street, all scared off by like flying pots and pans. Yes. There's <laughs> yeah, so much. Um, yeah, I also, yeah, so what I wrote, what did I write? Okay, so I wrote for exploration, uh, basics, ruins, like, you can have these ruins of old wizards, like I said, or artificers, or maybe some long past civilization, they use them as guardians, you have the crazy artificer, so that could be your gnome living in the basement, who just yeah. keep making living things, um, I wrote docks, and what I think I made by that, like, if you're in something like Forgotten Realms, or maybe in, like, a world that has a little bit more like high magic that like it would make sense that companies and stuff would use animated objects to kind of guard their wares and stuff so like yeah. I, I paired that with mm-hmm. stealth missions like you could definitely like if your parties are sneaking in stuff like you could definitely use these as like sensor bots oh, or something yeah yeah sensor bots or so uh, i well i was gonna bring that up that's actually a, a really great point because i was gonna say imagine you have a some kind of encampment, whether it be like a castle or a dungeon or a wizard tower or whatever it may be. And it is just surrounded by animated armors. Like absolutely mm. just like 360 degrees, like three, like hundreds of feet out like and hundreds armor. of them, right? Not arm to arm, very spaced out, but close enough. And they got blind vision Blind sense. Blind sense, yeah. Was it blind sense? Is that blind, what it's called? Sight, blind, yeah. Sight, blind sight. Blind sight. Of 60 feet. So after like a really high investigation check, you can see that in one part of this encumber- like encompassing circle of them, a couple of them are a little bit farther apart than the others. And that is just a far enough gap to get between Ooh, both like of their blind sights. And then now you're on the I next like layer of the that. circle. And you have to just keep finding the gaps to get through without activating literally all I, of the armor. <laughs> it could be like a very like um why I I robot thing like one animated armor goes off and the next yeah. and the next and the next they just all turn their head at the same time. Yeah. At that point it's just a race yeah. to get into wherever you're trying to go before they all beat the ever loving crap at you. That's the thing about animated armor too is they don't want to stab you just like they beat you up with their fists. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like laborers earlier, I kind of like that yeah. too. It's like the wizard on top of the tower that just has like a bunch of animated armors around his house that do everything for him. They're not just guards, but they're like the cooks, you know, the cleaners, the tailor. He's got everything that he needs, like all in this one tower. But they all like share the same name, and you know, if Ooh. you try to them they all have the same conversation with you and like, if one of them, oh my god almost like jerry from become 
basically yeah. like they just all share the same sentient like jarvis or something yeah um and then at the very top is this wizard that just wants nothing to do with anybody and if anybody tries to try any funny stuff in his tower full of goofy servants they just all dogpile absolutely um That's hilarious awesome all right so let's move on to combat. How would these fight? How would we use them in combat? Um, I wrote only one note for this, and it's just if told to the death. Mm-hmm. If told, like I... if if it says apprehend, oh, like yeah. But anyway, I, they're gonna not stop. They're not. These things aren't gonna flee or run away or anything. Like they, they don't. They, mm-hmm. It's that part in Rick and Morty where the butter asks what its purpose is and it has <laughs> one purpose. <laughs> this is <Yeah>. your purpose. <laughs> oh exactly. my god. So yep, go ahead. So I think one of the biggest um how do I word this? One of the the nicest and uh DM useful tool for any animated object is specifically for the flying sword or weapon. Because they are small constructs. Mm-hmm. Animated armors, medium, rug mm-hmm. of smothering is large. So with like a flying sword or flying axe or spear, or whatever you choose, it is a small construct. So in my campaign, they were in a, a temple of the oracle. And they were walking down a 10 by 10 hallway. Well, 10 feet wide, not 10 yeah. feet, just 10 feet wide. And there are, you know, rows of two. Um, there's about five or six of them. I think there's six at this point. And so they're walking a two by three grid. And there were f- four flying swords, two on each side of the wall. And they just went right past it. And I explained, like, you see some ornate swords on the wall. But I didn't really go much farther into it than that. And they were able to scoot by them on the map and in flavor concept as well without them impeding them physically which I think is a really nice thing in terms of like space yeah. in the game. Cause sometimes D and D can get a little mm, crowded, you know? So that's, that's always really nice when you can share spaces with them and all that stuff. So that's, that's what I really like. That's my favorite part about the, any animated object so far is the yeah, weapons size. I'll definitely, like, you could definitely. Um, so combat, I also had another idea how you can kind of make them unique is so again, I'm going to do an Eberron thing because I love Eberron, but there is a character in Eberron that my party one shot, <gasps> but if he wasn't one shot, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he is called the Lord of Blades, who is a warforged who has blades on his shoulders. I think in a fight like that, um, it would be cool, like mid fight, like somehow he like releases the swords and like around him, just maybe like ten of them begin floating and like striking out, and they have their own turn, kind of using them as like almost like part of a boss fight as like just like that like they're part like still part of the lord of blades but they're like the flying sword stat black and stuff and have their mind of their own kind of and stuff and you could do that with like a lot of things like maybe you're trying to find an assassin you get to an assassin he pulls out a crossbow at the same time two daggers fly out of his like belt and start whipping around the battlefield as he's trying to shoot so it's kind of like these cool little minions that you can flavor or maybe you're fighting a warrior who's like armor like steps off and steps next to him as he pulls out his sword and there's just like two now so you can do cool stuff like that yeah um but yeah on the and i mean these fights aren't going to be like special i don't think other than the rug of smothering is going to be special it's going to live in everyone's heart because that's going to be a fun fight yeah like animated armor and flying swords are just they're what they are it's going to be a slugfest 
you make D and D special. The, the exactly. way you play the game, like the way you do what you do, makes it special. For instance, recently a flying sword came in my face, so I grabbed oh, it yep. and another flying sword with it. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. I was gonna say from this episode, I did run Flying Swords two sessions ago in one of my campaigns. <laughs> so, as you say, I like these creatures a yeah. lot. They're cool, but you know, it's like, yeah, they don't have to be in an exciting encounter for it to be an exciting encounter. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I don't I know, know if that I makes totally. sense. No, that oh, no, I totally, I totally makes sense. I totally agree with it that um you have it's what you do with it yeah definitely you can definitely do a lot of cool things with these creatures too like we've said a lot um tonight about it for sure so let's let's wrap things up and do the last part of the show and talk about putting your own spin on the creature we've already done a lot of that tonight but is there any like cool ideas you guys can think about taking these creatures and making them your own I mean, I think we, you know, like, depends on the context, really, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I think you could definitely, if you wanted to put a, you could put an undead flavor on all these creatures if you wanted to. You can make them spirits being controlling them. You'd have to change their stat black a little bit, but maybe, like, the animated armor is a spirit of a long-lost warrior, but it just doesn't know it. Um, you could do that. You could have multiple spirits stuck in like one animated armor, which might make an interesting character if it's like fighting with itself inside who's controlling it. You could, I think, Anderson's idea of the ruckus smothering being anti theft is hilarious and a good way to spin yeah. use things in your own. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's it. I think we have said a lot of really good things. So, on that note. Like always, thank you all for listening. And next week we will be back with the weird insect horses. I don't even know how to describe. How would you guys describe the Ankeg? Do you even weird insect horses? Weird. The weird insect horses of Dungeons and Dragons. As we talk about the Ankeg, the large praying mantis desert insects that will probably yeah, eat your face. Mantis. Um, but that is next week. So, as always. Like I said, thank you guys all for listening. And yeah, anyone got any plugs or anything? Twitch.tv slash bring the shame. Catch me there. I'm gonna I'll actually plug mine too. Uh twitch.tv slash farmgoat on Thursdays. I'm going to be starting to run uh experimental tabletop games uh this week, September the week of September sixteenth, because I think that's the day where we are recording set. Actually, the week of September seventeenth, uh I am starting a thousand year old vampire solo rpg run on there so if you want to see experimental stuff check out That's thursday today. night I'll be there. that is today i'll be there yeah i mean it's get set up because i'm gonna do that in 30 minutes but i'm gonna start trying to run things on thursday um maybe like one page rpgs that i'm gonna throw out to like any streamers who want to come check it out and play with stuff i want to start doing that thursdays uh tuesday nights 7 p.m uh Pacific time at 10 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash 20 or die. Uh, we play D&D live uh, every week now. I'm one of the players. We started about th- three weeks ago. We just had our second session with zero session included. There'd be three sessions. Uh, it is the Odyssey of the Dragon Lord uh, adventure module made from Animagus games, I believe it is. 
super awesome uh module some super fun uh if you're interested in that come check it out what's your character's name gaia oh gaia she is a siren hell yeah tv slash tavisar yes i I stream sometimes he wears really cool hats to play stardew valley (laughs) yeah i uh yeah I, i play stardew valley with my totally real and not imaginary girlfriend yeah, um, <laughs> totally. Uh, I guess I'll put all those Twitch leaks in our snow- show notes because, like, yeah, we are all doing a lot of cool stuff. We're very online, as everyone is during the yeah. pandemic. So, like, we're building. It is. It is what it is. Um, anyway, thank you guys all. You rule. You can find our social medias, you know, uh, Survival Check on Instagram, Survival Check Show on Twitter, uh, the DM Survival Guide on YouTube, and SoundCloud is also Survival Check. So, you can check out all of our stuff there. I have not been posting that often on it, but I'm going to be because I honestly haven't don't know what to post on it, but we're going to figure that out. So uh, expect more <laughs> social media presence from us coming starting this week. Um, but yeah. 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 We're, we're, new we we, we're figuring out, <laughs> but it's fun. It's been a lot of fun. Honestly, these have been super fun to make. Um, and I hope for dear listener that, um, you're enjoying it and can get something out of it. Maybe think of these monsters in a new way. But uh, yeah, we're going to end this because I think we all have things to do. So have a good night. Thank you for listening. Or good day, I guess. Thank you for listening. You guys all rule. We'll be next week. Next week, we'll be coming out with NCAG, like I said. And yeah, be excellent to each other.